Well, it's the 1st of July today. We are starting the second half of the year. And I, I really feel like something that the Lord spoke to me about 12 months ago, uh, I want to I share with us together. Uh, it's, it's, it's almost like a Vision Sunday. So it's kind of like a Vision Sunday, not just for the second half of the year, because often at the beginning of the year we have a Vision Sunday and we clarify what's the vision for the church, but not just for the second half of the year, but really for what I believe is a new era in our church. And so we didn't announce it too much. It's just sort of, it's been something for a while that's um, clicking over in my heart. I want to share this message. And I, I put it up on Instagram that we're going to talk about a new era. And of course, uh, <coughs> excuse me, a few New South Wales supporters thought that I was talking about what happened in State of Origin. So it's not two games in a row is not an era, just to let everybody know, okay? It's, it's like a, 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 a sort of a comfort win that we give them to feel good about themselves before we return to our rightful place of domination. Is that right? So just, just, to, just to be clear. So not that kind of new era, but a new era for our church. Uh, you know, interestingly, uh, there's been, again, I, I love hearing outside voices prophetically come inside and confirm to us what God's been saying to us and what the sense of what's happening in this house and uh, we, we had a number of voices uh, come and speak to us over the last little while. Gillian Cameron talked to us about the, the next 20 years being a significant, uh, significant, the first 20 years of our church or, or 25 we've been going, 18, Danielle and I have been leading. But, but there's a sense that we're about to step over into a new season as a church. We had a prophetic man by the name of David McCracken who, who came to our church for a day. He spent four or five days waiting on God uh, down in Victoria where he's a part of Planet Shakers Church and on their advisory team and four or five days without knowing anything about our church, knowing anything about us. And he came and he brought a, a message to us as a church about this being a new era. This was his actual words, that this would be a new era. The 2018 is the birthing of a new era for our church that God would put a new mantle on us, that we would move into a, a season of national and global influence, and that the, a, the, a greater level of the miraculous would be released in our church, and that opposition is a prelude to the miraculous. He also talked about uh, facilities and land that God had for us, all from someone who had no idea what the sense is of what God's doing in our house. And so I believe that that confirmation and that, that for others is really a confirmation of what God's been speaking to us about over a period of time about this year birthing a new era. And I want to take us to a, a scripture that I believe is very significant for us in the birthing of a new era. It's a scripture that, that I, um, when I was reading my Bible sometime last year, I can't remember the specific date, but when you read your Bible, God talks to you. He, he talks to you. So even if you just read a chapter a day, even if you spend five or 10 minutes a day, that's one of the primary ways that God's going to talk to you. And as I was reading uh, that, that word, you know, some, some scriptures are just something for that day. Some, a lot of it is, is just to keep us thinking right, to keep us thinking correct, to, to adjust us to God's way of thinking rather than the world's way of thinking. Sometimes it's encouragement when we need encouragement. But, but sometimes there's a sense that, that a word comes that's more than just for the day or more than just for the week, but it's actually it's a prophetic word for a season. And for me, when that happens, it's almost like as I'm reading, the Holy Spirit starts to come and sit on. I just feel the presence of God coming down. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be significant. And when I read this particular verse that I'm about to read to you, I got hit by God's presence in a powerful way. And I knew, I knew that it was a scripture for our church, something significant beyond just that day. And so I want to read it to you out of Genesis chapter 35, verse 11 and 12. 
Then God said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. He's talking uh, to Jacob who would become Israel. Be fruitful and multiply. You will become a great nation, even many nations. Kings will be among your descendants. And I will give you the land I once gave to Abraham and Isaac. Yes, I will give it to you and your descendants after you. This is God giving the promise that he'd given to Abraham, he'd given to Isaac, and he's giving it to Jacob again at Bethel as he comes back and he's about to reconnect with his brother Esau. And it's the promise of God for his life and for God's people. And I believe inside of this particular scripture, uh, there's six particular things that I, that I believe are going to be marks of the new, new era for C3 Church Kiwana Waters. So, so we'll go through them one by one and I'll share them. And like I say, it's kind of a vision Sunday. And out of this, I'll launch something that I'm going to talk about in a couple of weeks' time for two Sundays before we get to powerhouse. Okay, are you ready? <laughs> are you ready to birth a new era? Birthing sounds painful, but I'm not even going to talk about birthing. I've got no real idea. I've heard, I've heard. But anyway, here we go. The first one is, Then God said, I am El Shaddai. God Almighty, El Shaddai, El Shaddai. Uh, Amy Grant wrote a song back in the 80s, El Shaddai. Someone's like, that was my favorite song of the 80s. I can see people already getting excited. Others, if you were born in the 80s or the 90s and have got no idea, but that's okay. El Shaddai means God Almighty. It means the, it means the one who is all-powerful. He's able to supply. He's able to do more than you expect. He's able to fulfill His promises. It talks to the power and the might and the strength of God, And I believe that one of the marks of this new era for our church will be the miraculous power of God moving in our midst. I believe one of the, the things that, that has already been determined by God since the beginning of this, of this church and the early days of this church is this church would be marked by the power of God. A prophet called Fergus McIntyre said it like this, that the power of God would be the calling card on this house, that anyone who encounters this house would be encountering the power of God. That means for me that people will come into this place and have deliverance from addictions, anxiety, fear, depression. Things will break off them and transform their lives. That people will experience supernatural restoration of marriages and families by the miraculous power of God. That people will experience physical healings, financial miracles, and that, that our church would grow, and it already has this reputation, but our church would grow with a reputation of being a church where God's power moves supernaturally in people's lives. It's one of the reasons that we've, we've gone for this conference in the, in the end of July rather than the start of the year, but in the middle of the year, kind of launching us into the second half of the year called Powerhouse. It's, it's because there's a sense that there's an assignment on our house to host God's presence and to release His miraculous into people's lives. So we're inviting in people who, who carry the power of God in their life to come and help us bust through into this dimension of a new era that's already uh, flowing in our, the life of our church. It's already, I would say, flowing as a stream, but I believe God wants it to become a mighty flood in our house. So an increasing release of the miraculous part of a new era the second thing in that scripture he said i'm god almighty El Shaddai, god almighty be fruitful and multiply be fruitful and multiply that's not just talking about five children six children seven children jack and christy it's not talking just about that uh it's talking uh, th that's awesome of what you've done it's fantastic <laughs> building the church one child at a time love it it's not talking about that specifically. The command to be fruitful and multiply goes right back to Genesis. 
When God put Adam and Eve in the garden, He said, I want you to be fruitful and to multiply, to fulfill, to, to fill the earth and to take dominion over the earth. And so part of the, the command for us, although now that's not so much in a physical way of, fill, of, of, of being fruitful and multiplying, but it's winning people to Christ. Our number one call as a church is to help people come into a relationship with their Creator, to see the transformation that God has for them. And so for us, uh, that's our main thing. It's always been our main thing. It will always be our main thing. I just see it increasing. I see the dimension of salvations increasing in this house. I love it. Um, a, A couple of weeks ago, Doug and Joe here got baptized and I was talking to, we had a baptism party on the Sunday night and a number of people got baptized. I was talking to Doug afterwards. You still got your shirt, I have decided. That's awesome. Uh, and I was talking to Doug afterwards and, and you know, a, a couple in our church, Lucy and Steve, who, who live at Mulaney and been coming for a while, have been praying for these guys for two and a half years. Praying for them, praying for them, and and uh, they're part of a little mini move of God's going on in Mulaney right now in our church, and all the Mulaney people are coming down the hill, and it's, it's awesome, uh, just populating Mulaney, being fruitful and multiplying. But anyway, they, they they were so resistant to to this sort of Christianity, this invitation. In fact, some of their friends from Mulaney were getting water baptized at Easter time. And they were so annoyed that their friends were sliding out of their world into the Christian world that they started saying, well, they're having baptism parties. We should have an anti-baptism party. That's how resistant they were to, to God and, and to, to what he, the, the prayer. But he, here's what happens. When we're praying for people, when we're living lives with the overflowing love of God in our life and demonstrating to them something powerful happens. And so they were invited to come along to Ian McCormack. And so they came along to Ian's uh, sort of colloquially known as the jellyfish man, the man who was, who was stung by a box jellyfish, uh, well, five, and actually he died and he was in a morgue and he got brought to life because of his mother's praying prayers and he tells his story about encountering hell. Incredible testimony. It's on YouTube, uh, under our, our church YouTube. If you, if you didn't see it, you want to watch it. But they came to that service and throughout that day, the morning and the night, they had a powerful encounter with God that in a moment has radically changed them as the love of God has filled them. To me, it's the stories like that where someone goes from wanting to have an anti-baptism party, come on, to getting water baptized on a Sunday night in our house and you see the joy and the transformation, the love of God. That's what we're all about, church. It's people like Doug and Joe and thousands of people yet to meet Christ. (laughs) So for us, this, this is our goal. We, I, I, I cast this a few years ago, a vision that we would, we would get to the point where we're seeing a thousand people come to Christ in a year. Our goal this year as we're stepping towards that is to see 500. I think we're up to 240, 230, something like that. 223, thank you. I sort of always round up. So 223, 223. So we're almost at sort of halfway, at the halfway mark for the year. We want to continue to see this because as that we hit 500, that would be our biggest year ever. We want to, then we would love to see it at some point go to a thousand people in a year. That's our vision. But the dream beyond the vision is one day in one weekend, we would see a thousand people come to Jesus Christ through the life of our church. It's one person at a time, lives being transformed. And I want to encourage us next week with Nick Gibb. She is such a great communicator, has such a great story. Just think, who can you bring? 
Who, who can you bring along to hear a story that will be presented beautifully, powerfully, and compassionately to people who maybe their dream has been broken? Maybe they're just interested in church. Perfect first opportunity for them to come along. The other thing I want to say is, is next uh, Saturday afternoon, Teresa, uh, who, who you, you saw up here earlier, Teresa is taking on the leadership again of the Go team. And the Go team is those people in our church who've, who've got the call of God to be evangelists. There's a passion, there's a gifting to win people to Christ. So three o'clock next Saturday, Teresa's going to have a gathering together with anyone who feels like, yeah, maybe that's me. Maybe I've got the gift of evangelism with Nick Gibb, who is a, is a great evangelist. And we want to stir the flame of evangelism alive in our church. So see Teresa afterwards and tell her, I'd love to come. And depending on how many people are coming, she'll work out the venue of where you're going to be next week. Who thinks maybe I'm an you're an evangelist? So I think that might be the gift of God in my life fantastic lean into that gift that God's given you so that's the second thing be fruitful and multiply an increase of loss of salvations of lost people the third thing when it said this scripture be fruitful and multiply you will become a great nation even many nations now for the early years of this church when Dan and I first took on we had this particular scripture that we would pray a little one shall become a thousand and a small one a strong nation and I, the Lord, will hasten it in its time. And when we were 200 people in our church, when we were 250, when we were 300 people, we used to take this scripture and say, Lord, we're going to become a church of a thousand. There's never been. Uh, we're At that point, we we're you know, in the Caloundra Council area, so the Caloundra Shire. There's never been a church of a thousand in our particular part of the city. And so we're, we're believing for it. We've got this scripture. A little one will become a thousand. Well, now, church, we are. We're over a 1,000. We're 11 to 1,200 people, a part of our church called Church Home. And so the second part of that was, and a small one will become a strong nation. I believe part of the new era of our church is increase in terms of size and increase in terms of influence. But notice this. It said, not just a small, a great nation, even many nations. Not just a great nation, many nations. And again, when I read that, instantly I knew what that meant for us in our new era. It, it means for us that we'll be a church, not just in one location, but in numerous locations. Uh, over the years, I would think of two significant prophecies over our church. One from Pastor Phil Pringle over Danielle and I in Hawaii a number of years ago. And he prophesied, he said, I can see your church having 10 locations, 10 locations. Another one was from a guy called Andrew Gray, a pastor called Andrew Gray. And he came here and he said, I can see along the Sunshine Coast like an, a, a long air, uh, airplane strip that's got the lights, the landing lights all along the strip. He says, I see the Sunshine Coast being like that. And I see six locations along the Sunshine Coast that are part of your church. Uh, and I like to imagine where the presence of God is going to land uh, on, the, on the runway of our churches. So six, six locations. So for us, we feel like God's called us to be a great nation, but to have many nations. And so that that would be linked. And that would be, I remember when he, when he said it, uh, when he said it, he said, where's the south point of the Sunshine Coast? Where's the north point? And so we, and I yelled out, Caboolture would be the southernmost point of, you know, if you stretch it, of where the Sunshine Coast is. And then we kind of had a big debate mid-church with him and everyone else. Is it Gympie or is it Noosa? What's the northernmost point of Gympie or Noosa? So who thinks it's Gympie? Yeah, okay, there we go. There's a few people. God bless you. That's awesome. Let's go with that. Let's, let's go with that. 
We love Gippians. We've had people drive from Gippian an hour to church for years. So maybe we should have a church up there one day. So anyway, so that's the thing. Not just that there would be six uh, neighborhood churches on the Sunshine Coast, but we also believe God's called us to have churches across the nation. And so we believe one of the things that we've set 2018 aside, Danielle and I began to do this. We really felt at the beginning of the year, this is the year to write down a vision for where we wanted, where we would see our church planting locations. Uh, so it would be like one house with many rooms where we'd see ourselves planting locations. The way that we would see ourselves doing that. So, so just the sort of methodology behind that. And we've begun those meetings. We've begun to talk about it. We've begun to pray about it. Uh, we've written down 10 to 12 potential locations of where we think our church is going to ha- um, have locations in the future. Um, we're thinking that we're going to be starting at least one in 2019. And then at Presence Conference... This year, I went in and, you know, just, and Jensen Franklin preached this message and it said, be open to God. And I'm like, there, yeah, great message. People need to hear this. Awesome, Jensen, you're on fire. And then the last 15 or 20 minutes, the presence of God hit me. I just ended up sitting in my seat weeping because the presence of God hit me. And God began to speak to me about the first location we're going to do. And it was not on my radar. It was, like we were, it was on our list but we were thinking it's going to be in five years' time. And so I want to tell you about the first location in August at Dream Team United. That's really harsh, isn't it? I just, I just, I just, we're building up to it. I just want you to know we're praying about it. We're seeking God. There'll be a season of 10 days of fasting in August that we're going to do. We'll be post-powerhouse. God will be able to confirm things through the, the prophetic ministry that comes. But 10 locations and August Dream Team United, we're going to, it's really, we'd already determined that that night is going to be all about our future church planning vision for our church, what we see, how we're going to do it, what we're imagining. So some of you are like, that's fine, I'm here, I'm safe. But others, you're like, I really feel to be part of that. All right. A great nation, even many nations. Some of you are hating me right now. I can feel like that. How can you do that? And then just leave us hanging. It's all good. It's all good. No one, just don't, you don't throw it all out. It's like, like those young guys who, who just propose out of an airplane and spend thousands of dollars in this amazing proposal. I'm like, guys, you've left yourself nowhere to go now. That was, you just set the bar so high and now it's all downhill. I can't just give it all out in one go. We've got to leave ourselves somewhere to go. Okay, just let's keep moving along. Keep moving along. All right. The fourth, uh, the, the fourth thing, there's six in this thing. There's six things part of a new era for us. And the fourth thing, it said, okay, you'll be a great nation, even many nations, and kings will be among your descendants. Kings will be among your descendants. I, I, I read that. And, and so in the Bible, the Bible talks about kings in terms of, of being influencers, kings being uh, in terms of ruling over territories. And, and if you, you read in the New Testament, the Lord talks about us being kings and priests. Kings and priests. It's a, the, the Bible says that you are a royal priesthood. And there's this sense as believers that we're called to be priests. And as priests, we learn how to minister first to God. We learn how to worship. We learn how to love Him. We learn how to honor Him. We learn, we learn to be priests to God. Then we learn uh, in our families to be priests to our families. Fathers, you are a priest for the, the family in your home. You're, you're there to pray for them, to open the gateway of heaven, for heaven to touch your family, to minister to your family. And that, that's part of the, the role of, of priests, where to, where to be uh, priests to one another in the church. 
Each one of us have an important part to play as, as part of the family of God. And we minister to one another. We discover the gifts that God's given us so that we can minister to one another, so that we can encourage one another. And then we're called to be priests. The Bible says we have a ministry of reconciliation. So we're called to be priests to win people to Christ, to, to build the bridge from, from Jesus to, to those friends in our circles of influence so that we're, we're ministering reconciliation and connection to God. Not just the evangelists, but all of us. It's part of our priestly responsibility as Christians. And so if we're to be priests, but we're also to be kings. And what does it mean to be a king? And so I really feel like part of this new era and part of the call of God on our church is to empower the kings, the kingly aspect of your life. When I say kings, I don't mean it like kings and queens. It's not a generic term. It's like priests. It's a, it's a term about ruling. It's a term about finding a sphere that God's called you to be and to influence that sphere. It's called, uh, some people would call it a sphere. Some would call it the, the mountains or the pillars of society. But God will place each one of us into different areas in society not so much to be a priest alone but to be a king to rule to bring justice to bring god's ways to be salt and light into that sphere and so as a church we're committed so th those spheres if you like and, and people have named them as, as seven different spheres the first one is the church and religion uh, the, the second one is family some of you your primary sphere right now is to be the primary influencer in your family and your your home with kids and you're looking after your kids and that's your sphere to influence right now and then the other spheres are, are governmental spheres political which which includes political uh, environments, law enforcement, justice, health, serving the public on behalf of our government. That's a sphere that needs Christians in it to be dominating. Uh, education is a sphere. The media is a sphere. Arts and entertainment and sport, that's, that's a sphere of our society. And then business is a sphere of our society. And God's called us to be kings into those spheres. He's called us to be those who come and set the standard who set the agenda, who are examples of the way that Christ would do, do education, examples of the way that Christ would do media. And he's called you and I, and this, this is part of what I believe is a new era of our church, is that out of this church will become entrepreneurs and influencers into every sphere of society. I believe God's called us with an assignment to do that. And, and I, I really want to... Um, not the week after Nicola Gibb is here, I want to talk for two Sundays around what it means to be kings, to be ruling. And I want to pray for people into every, who are part of every sphere of life. Okay, I want to, I want to help us realize that, that our Sundays set us up for our Mondays. And what we're doing on Monday is as important as what we're doing on Sunday. Uh, that that our, our, our devotional life is important, but our vocational life is equally as important. And so that we're helped in our, in our devotion so that that will flow in to our vocation. Whatever it is and wherever God's placed you right now, I want us to have a sense that there's a divine purpose behind it. I'm not just doing it to kill time or to collect a wage check, but God's called me. And I, the, the, the phrase that I get whenever I've thought and prayed about this is God's called us to dominate your sphere. Whatever is your sphere, He wants you to dominate that sphere. If you're called to business, dominate that sphere. If you're called to media, dominate that sphere. If it's sport, dominate that sphere. If it's arts and entertainment, dominate that sphere. If whatever it is, if it's the political or governmental realm, dominate that sphere so that on behalf of Jesus, the light of Christ would shine into our city. Does that make sense? Kings. 
will be among your descendants. So we're going to do a, a couple of weeks on kings and, and uh, entrepreneurs and influencers in, in the house. All right, that's, num- that's five. That's four. Number five. We're doing all right. It's a pretty cool scripture, right? Kings will be among your descendants. Oh, and I will give you the land that I once gave to Abraham and Isaac. That was right smack bang in the middle of it, part of the era. And I want to show us again. Some of you may have seen it already, but vision leaks, so it doesn't matter if we see it a few times. I want to show us the vision that 15 years ago, God gave us for the land that we were to build on one day. I want to tell you this. Uh, The longer the delay, the more significant it is when it happens. Things that happen easily are awesome. But there's this sense, and David McCracken said when he came here, he said, um, opposition is the prelude to the miraculous. And I believe the opposition over our, the timing of our land is partly God's Kairos moment for our church, but it's partly so God's, that we would develop a faith and a strength and a perseverance so that when we get into this next era of influence that God's got for us, there would be something inside of us that will not take the foot off the accelerator, but will keep going into every area He's called us to do. So can we just watch this video of the, the vision for our land? I would do, says the Lord, exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond all you could ask or think. And God says it will be a landmark facility, not just in this region, not just in this state, but even in the nation, says God. And there will be many different arms, many different outreaches into the community. But God says a day will come and there will even be a school. There will even be, says the Lord, a place of education. The Lord says that I am going to do what no one could do, what no man would think, exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond. Not long after we moved into the green building in the early 2000s, we began the journey of finding land. And I remember one day as I was in my office praying for this land and praying for the future facilities, that I had what I would now call a vision. And in this vision, as I closed my eyes and I prayed, I got glimpses of the future facilities that God was going to give us. And it was a a series of buildings. And they're like a campus-style, university-style facilities all around a grassed area. They They were modern. They had a Sunshine Coast feel to the architecture. There was glass. There was stainless steel. These facilities were a high wow factor that would impact and influence our communities. And then as I stood there and prayed, I could see these four buildings. The first one on my left was what I would call our community and youth facilities. And it was a multi-purpose style facility. It had a great foyer. It had a great stadium on the inside where we could host all sorts of different events, both for our youth and for the community. And as I began to imagine, I could see offices and counseling rooms and a commercial kitchen where we could provide hospitality for the disadvantaged and the vulnerable and the needy of our community sharing the love of God with our Sunshine Coast City. To the right, I could see this three-story building and it was, it was a training center where young people would come and receive life skills, where ministers, an army of ministers would be trained up with the skills and the wisdom and the anointing to change their generation, where church planters would be trained and king, kingdom entrepreneurs would be mentored and developed. The next building as we came around, the third building was our kids' building our kids facilities and I got to tell you they were wow they're colorful awesome outdoor play areas so attractive to kids because our church is a church that loves families and we love children 
This is a great place where kids would come and they'd make friends and they'd have fun. It'd be safe and they'd be loved and they'd be celebrated. And it would be a place where they'd be trained up in the ways of God. Then finally, I could see this building that would house our auditorium, our meeting place with God. I could see offices upstairs on the side. I could see incredible foyer where people would come in. But all of this led towards this wonderful auditorium. And it was state-of-the-art in terms of equipment and lighting and screens, and the building material was excellent throughout. But more than that, the atmosphere was what was take your breath away. It had been birthed and bathed in prayer. As you walk into that auditorium, people would have such a strong sense of the presence and the power of God. I could see tiered seats going up and a, a sea of passionate worshipers lifting their hands and worshiping God. I could see this auditorium being a place, and I can see it even now, where people would meet Jesus Christ as their Savior, tears streaming down their face as they surrendered their lives to God. I could see people hungry for life change and a desperate encounter with God that would change them forever. Because at the end of the day, all of these buildings, all of these facilities, although they'll be magnificent, Although the nation will notice what we've built, at the end of the day, these facilities are just somewhere to fulfill our vision, to build a church where Jesus is glorified and lives are transformed. That's us moving forward. So that's... Uh, I'll give you the land. I will give you the land. Part of, our, part of our vision for the future as the band comes up right now. So you know, if you've been around, and I love just stating it because I believe there's a power in stating vision. I believe there's a power in agreeing vision. And so we're selling our land at Rainforest Drive for $5 million. That will be miraculous because it's three times its value right now. We're going to buy Power Road for $8 million, uh, which is not what the owners want to sell it for. But again, it's part of what God's spoken to us about. We're going to build nationally significant buildings, uh, debt-free for $10 million. And because I, as we've prayed and looked at this, Part of what I see for future facilities, our future campuses, future locations, is we're going to buy buildings from the get-go as we plant in some of the locations that we do in the future. There's a position of strength that God's calling us into. It's part of our miraculous future and a new day and a new era. And so that's the, that's the sense of where God's calling us. I think as part of this, and you'll notice in that scripture before that scripture comes, God says, Jacob, you've been called Jacob, but now you're going to get called Israel. I believe part of what's going to happen over the next six months is as we look to move out of Kiwana Waters into another location, it will mean that we'll probably need to change our name. We'll be C3 something, uh, but we need a name that'll be identifiable across 10 locations across the nation. And so that's just something that we're praying and waiting, uh, waiting from God on. And just as God said, you're no longer Jacob, you're now Israel. I don't think we'll be called C3 Israel, just heads up. But uh, we're, we're waiting on God, on what it'll be, something that will be definitive of our church, that, will be a, that people will be able to identify, whether they're in Gympie, Kabucha, Sunshine Coast, or beyond, uh, then they'll be able to identify that this is, we're part of that, that part of the C3 larger tribe. And, uh, you know, many of you will be aware, you'll have heard when Pastor Phil was here, that just recently... 
really in confirming this prophetic word of David McCracken over us and over our church about national and global influence. We've just had the privilege of being asked by Pastor Phil and Chris to take on a, a role of, of uh, overseeing the global team on he and Chris's behalf, which is a team of six couples who oversee 550 churches currently around, around the globe. So that, that only happens because this is a leadership church. Uh, there's, a, there's an apostolic call on, it, on this house and on our future. And that's why I believe, I believe as part of that, what's going to happen is we're going to have business people in our church who are going to be, their businesses are going to be going global. I believe there's going to be people in our church who are going to be influencing spheres around the world, not just here on the Sunshine Coast, not just in this nation, but beyond the nations, because what gets on this house gets on the lives of those people who are part of it. I believe God, there'll be a, a sense of enlargement of the type of person who comes into this house, and the spirit that gets on your life and gets on my life as God takes us to greater levels of influence together. So can we stand together on our feet? A new era begins together for C3 Church, Kiwana Waters, as we move into the future God's got for us. Why don't you lift your hands together? And Father, we stand here together at the beginning of something special and significant, and we're believing, Lord, that you will do miracle after miracle after miracle in this house. God, that you will trigger this new era with the selling of Rainforest Drive for $5 million. That will be the, the trigger moment for a new day, a new era for our church. We're looking to you time and time again. Person after person will come into this house and meet Jesus Christ. Family after family will come into this church and meet our Savior. Lord, one by one, kings will be raised up, entrepreneurs and influencers into every sphere of society that will go across the nation and through the neighborhoods of the Sunshine Coast. Lord, that your power will go to new dimensions. I ask, even as I share, the people go, that's me. That's where I fit. That's where I fit into the vision. That's where I fit into the future. That's what I'm called to be a part of. That's what I'm called to do. That the anointing of God would come strong and powerful on this house. So Lord, at the end of the day, Jesus would be glorified through this church and lives would be transformed. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. Thank you, Teresa.